Okay. So you want to ask we, do these we wanna, ones, do we, and I'll do these I'm not ones. trying to think. Do y'all want to do, okay, do y'all want to start with two first and then go to one? Or do y'all want to do one first? No, we're doing one first. We're okay, doing it got in it. the order that it's on here. Got it. All right. That's why we have an outline. I know you do it raw, and you don't go by your outline, <laughs> but we use the outline, so we're all one. on the same page. I'll need one. Just wait till tomorrow. What's tomorrow? Right and early. I had to do it tomorrow morning because I was out of town yesterday. Yeah. Well, where were you? Why weren't you here? I was at a funeral. Oh, okay. We'll give Jeez, you a pass. <laughs> In Houston. My bad. <laughs> mm, that's acceptable. Well, I guess. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the My College Story Podcast. I am Miranda Davis. And I'm Brian Motto. And we are here today with another one of our lovely faculty members. They're not a teacher. They don't work in upper school, but they participate in upper school. Kind of? Uh, yeah, I'd say. I'd say. So today we are with Coach Drew Starnes. Welcome, Coach. Thank you. I, and I appreciate the, the introduction. I think that's the first time ever that my name has been associated with Lovely. I appreciate that. Oh, do I need I do. to go back and no, change no, no. that? No, no, no. Hey, this is do great. Do we need to edit? No, we need to great. edit that out, Nathan. Can I you take was... Lovely out? Just go no, no. beep. No, I thought it was great. <laughs> I appreciate it. The beep could be interesting. Yeah, beep could yeah, be Yeah, it could be interpreted in so many different ways. Yeah, it could be a modifier instead of a modifying another modifier. Okay. <laughs> yes, all of those things. All right, why are we talking to Drew today? Well, get all our coffee back. Right? Um, he owes us. No, so one of the things that we haven't covered on the podcast is the student athlete, the recruiting process, and and what playing sports in college looks like. And so, Coach is here to share his expertise and all of those things with us. He uh, played a college sport, two college sports at two different schools. A little Fine. foreshadowing. So, mm -hmm. uh, and he's been a coach for. You're old, brother. You're not as old as me, but you're old. So you've been a coach um, for a while. Wait, I think 20, 21 years. Yeah. Something like that. So so we've got a lot of expertise here. A little bit. He knows a little bit about it, just a smidgen. All right. Hit us with that playing college and college athlete. What is it? Sorry. <laughs> How hard is it? <laughs> yeah. How hard was it to play a sport or two in college? Now, you didn't play them at the same time at the no. same place, but, but in general, playing a sport in college... <sighs> I'd say, you know, it was, it's a, it, it, and we'll get to my story later. If it's an ironic situation, both of them, you know, require a lot of hard work. And so that's what, that's what my message, how hard is it to play a sport in college? Well, that's a, there's a huge spectrum there. I think it's based on the sport and it's based on what level you're going to play it at. I mean, if you want to play division one baseball, division one basketball, football, volleyball, I think it's extremely difficult. It's extremely difficult. It's that's an that's an elite group that get that opportunity to to participate at that level, and there's just so many stories, and you, and you see them, you know, every Saturday on College Game Day. I saw a great story this past week about a, a former veteran that had fought in the Iraqi free, uh, war for Iraqi freedom and was now playing in Nebraska. He might be, I think, wow. 28, 30 years old now, and so. He achieved that goal through, you know, a long, obviously a long time of hard work and, and dedication. But then, you know, you have these elite athletes that that get that opportunity right out of high school. But then there's, you know, Division Two, there's Division Three, there's NAIA, 
So, and there's junior, different levels of junior college, division one, two, and three junior college level. So I think it's, it's hard to play at that top tier level, extremely difficult. But I feel that if you put the work in, if you have the desire to play college sports, there's a place for you to play. I think it's, it's, I think it's, it's, it's relatively not, I don't, I don't want to use the word easy because it always takes a level of, of hard work to get there. But I think it's, you can find your place as long as you're open to look at different places. There's always a place for you. Whether you were a great player in high school, I played, there have been guys who didn't even play much in high school at these big schools like that I've been at before in Houston and where I went to school that went and played Division three college football and had a good time doing it. It just all depends on what you want. Uh, so, so that's my take. Again, how difficult is it? It's very difficult to play at the elite level in majority of sports. But I think there's a place for everybody if they want to go participate in extracurricular activities or sports in college. Awesome. So when should, if I'm, I'm a student athlete, when should I expect to receive interest from a college coach if I'm actually being recruited? Okay. Again, that's a, that's a wide spectrum too. You know, you'll have these elite ones and, and I attribute a lot of this, these problems to social media and unreal expectations to social media because you see these kids, oh, they're offering this kid that's in middle school in Louisiana, which I know LSU offered. I can't remember. I don't want to misspeak on, on who it was. It, but, uh, but they offered a guy, he was an eighth grader. Okay. That's rare. I'm not by rare. I'm talking one in multi-million opportunities there. I'd say the typical college athlete or the typical athlete that is looking to play in college will most likely start getting recruited after their junior season. If I had to pick a time, that's what I would say. Of course, it all depends on the sport. It all depends on the level they're playing at. And especially with them making this early signing period now, that's changed things a little as well. It's pushed the it's pushed it up. It's it's put more pressure on these elite level uh colleges to to find their players quicker. You know, and now the division threes and division twos, they find theirs a little later, right? They get what they get the group that doesn't get or sign at that early signing period. And so I'd say if on average, I'd say after your junior season, if I had to give you a specific date. Okay. So what, what does that interest from the college coaches look like? Is it, is it letters? Is it emails? Is it text messages? Is it home visits? I mean, what, what does the beginning part of that interest look like? I think it's all of the above on that, on that note. So I'll speak from football perspective and this goes across the board because, but they're all, I'll tell you right now, it used to be, and because I've been doing this for a long time, I've been doing this, what, 20, 21 years, but I've been around it. My dad was a head coach and athletic director in Houston, so I've been around it since I've been born. Uh, they do it all all different ways now. You get emails, you get uh, you get texts, you get you get hit on, on Twitter, you get hit on, on different forms of social media by these coaches now. But when it gets real serious is when they start, they come and see you, they come and visit you. You get phone calls from the coaches. I know in football, that's the way it is. So you'll get letters, right? And you'll get emails. I've gotten emails about specific players. And they're and these players, hey, we'd like for this young man to come walk on. Or we want to talk to this young man about the opportunity maybe to come visit us. So you'll get emails, and, and that's very standard. That means they're interested. Uh, but when they're really interested, you're going to get calls. You're going to get visits. I mean, for example, when we were at Bullard, uh, I mean, you know, 
Charlie Strong came to visit when we had, you know, Major Tennyson at Bullard, who, and then, you know, they all came to our school to visit. I remember, gosh, I remember growing up, and this was 1989, I believe. We had a, we had an All-American quarterback my dad did at C.E. King. And I remember he told me in his office was Lou Holtz, Steve Spurrier, and I, I don't want to misspeak. I can't remember who the other one was. But, you know, those were the guys at that time. But they were all three there to get this one athlete. Wow. But they all came. But that was a different time now. They still do that, though. Nowadays, they still do that. They'll bring you on campus. When they invite you for an official visit, they're serious about you. They're, they're serious looking at you. That's the level when, yes. when we're really serious here. Yes, when, when they're really serious, they're going to they're gonna bring you on campus. Okay. Very good. All right, so if I'm an aspiring college athlete and I'm not receiving interest, okay. but like you said, there's a, there's, there is a place for everybody. If you're willing to put in the work and you're showing some promise, you probably can find a place. Mm-hmm. So if I'm, if I'm that kid, but I'm not getting any interest, if I'm not receiving that interest, what, what can I do to get myself out there? It's an outstanding question. I think it's a great question. And we probably need to address that more too outside of here in each board. First and foremost, I think you need to go to your coach. You need to go to your coach, and, and y'all need to, if y'all haven't already, you need to sit down and talk about, what do I, here's my plan, coach. Here's what I want. How can you help me get there? And now that should start early on for anyone who's really serious about it and has serious aspirations of playing college football. Early on, you mean early high on, school? I'm, yes, I'm talking freshman, sophomore year. Okay. Not before that. Because... <laughs> Not before that. <laughs> Not even really. I mean, freshman year, here, usually if you come in as a freshman, here's what you need to do to get to that level, right? And so that's not, it's not, hey, coach, can, can you call Mississippi State for me? No, no, not, not as a freshman right now. You need to do this to get to this level. Here's what you need to do to prepare yourself to, to get to that level. Sophomore year, now let's start talking about, after your sophomore season, let's start talking about that. By junior year, yes, you should kind of have a plan. Coach, these are the colleges, you know, and, you, and, and coach needs to be real with him. Here's where I think you can play. Never squashing a dream if you want to go walk on somewhere, if you want to go play at a a level higher than maybe others expect you to play, that's fine. But have those real expectations Mm -hmm. there. But the coach needs to sit down and say, hey, here's the process. You let me know. Here's what you need to do. Here's your numbers. I send out a recruiting sheet every year. So I'll send it out. I send it out because I get emails. In football, I get emails from from tons of colleges. I mean, I, I have a list of them. And I have a whole folder for them. And so what I do is I sit down, I send height, weight, speed. I send a little note about each kid, what their goal, what their stats were the year before, what they're what they're good at, where I think they fit, what position they play for me, what position they might play in college. I send this detailed recruiting sheet out. I send it out to all these. I got one today from Blinn. But I send it out to all these colleges at all levels, NAIA, Division Two, Division Three, Division One. Division one FCS for football. I send it out all over the place. And then I also put use these these sites too that send it out to D3s and stuff. Now because because with the budgets in the in the smaller schools now, you're looking at NAIA Division II, Division Three, they don't have the budgets these Division I schools do. So the Division I coaches, they come around Tyler. So they come around the loop. They go to John Tyler, they come to All Saints, they go to Legacy, they go to Gorman, they go to Brookhill, they go to Bullard. You know, they make their trips because they have that in their budget, right? It's hard to get Division Two, and sometimes we'll get Division Three coaches in, depending on who it is. Um, had the Howard Payne coach here not too long ago, but but for that example, that that athlete needs to go to his coach, say, "Here's what I want to do," and that coach needs to be his first resource. And then what they'll do, depending on the sport, in my sport in football, typically 
I just got to make calls. Mm-hmm. I send out the recruiting sheet. I got to make calls. Mm-hmm. But what's important in football, baseball, I don't know if they do this in baseball because they don't really film the games like that. Send out, I have my kids make highlight reels. So I, my kids that want to go play college football, they have access to Huddle. They make highlights on Huddle. I can, I have access to all those highlights. I send them to the colleges that they want to go to. I've done that for numerous for numerous of my players that have have had those aspirations, and so you need to make a highlight reel. You need to draft a letter or call or, or email the coaches yourself, because they're open. Their their coaches these coaches are not going to shut doors because yeah. all it takes is them shut one door mm-hmm. and that that school has an elite athlete that now that door shut to them. Mm-hmm. So they don't shut doors. They they usually typically do a good job of responding, especially if the coach calls. I've had some athletes try to reach out before, and all it took for me was one call, and then. Mm-hmm. Now they got to visit. And so, again, it just depends. But your coach is your strongest advocate. Very good. Okay. Can the students I – know, I know that there's a questionnaire yep. on a lot of the college websites. Mm-hmm. Effective? You, you, yep. Is that a, a good way to reach out to the coach and say, Absolutely. hey, I'm interested? Absolutely. Yeah, because I've been on them too, and, I've, and I'll send it to my athletes. I say, hey, here's I'm on this website at Trendy. You need to – here's the questionnaire. Fill out the questionnaire. And then – They'll, they'll usually get back to you. You go into their database, and now they look at you. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what we <clears> talked <throat> about with demonstrated interest. It's the exact same thing. You're just doing it on the athletic side, filling mm-hmm. out those forms, letting them know that you're interested if you need to. And the whole having relationships with your teachers and professors sounds like you need to have a good relationship and to be talking to your coaches as well if this is something you're interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this, again, it, it, it all depends on the level. Right, yes, coach. And, and so you're saying, you know, I heard you say the division one coaches, and, and I know this, I have a couple friends who are in the division one <laughs> coaching ranks in certain sports and, and they do, their budgets are, are big. <laughs> and, and if you're that elite level, mm-hmm. they're going to find you. But for most of the students out there, most of the students are not playing the, at the division one level, no. right? They're division two, II, division three, NAIA, et cetera. A lot of those students have gotten themselves found by by putting themselves out there and so it's it's the, it, it it will take a little bit of the effort a little bit of effort excuse me from the students right oh definitely and and that's what i've told you know because i'm just be 100 percent raw here um <laughs> that just a, i've just had kids plug. i want i'm, I'm going to get looked i want to get looked at i want to i want but i'm like if if you're that good they're going to find you Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to go. I want to go play here. I want to go play here. Or I might I want, this school. I, I'll get a better look playing. T- no, 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 no. If you're elite level, they're going to find you. Mm-hmm. The best thing I know for football is to go to camps. Whether you play it, whether you play at All Saints, you play at Gorman, you play at Legacy, they will find you. Mm-hmm. If you're an elite player, that you're not going to fall through the cracks. They will find you. And so, go to camps. Camps are great exposure. And so I, you know, I get all the camp stuff and I give, I send the camp stuff straight to my kids. Camps, these elite camp, these camps are especially in, you don't need to, I mean, you can go as a sophomore and juniors, I say. Sophomore, junior, go to the camps. They have coaches. They're evaluating. If you're talented, they will evaluate you and you will be on their radar now. Mm-hmm. That's all it takes. It's not, and again, I blame it all. A lot of it's on social media. Oh, this kid got these offers. This kid got, no, that's because he's elite. And some of it may be fake news. Exactly. Exactly. And so, no, they will find you. They will find you. And so that's, and, and that's a good point. I'm glad you mentioned that. They will find you. You're like, you said perfectly, Mr. Motto. They said, if, if you're division one, if you're elite, they're going to find you. Okay. All right. So let's see, we've kind of covered a couple of the other questions mm-hmm. I had written down, but here's one. Should I hire 
an outside consultant to help me get recruited? I do not encourage that at all. I know, for example, in football, I am your biggest advocate. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I, My word, when I call a college coach, carries way more weight than a recruiting service. Because that college coach knows that recruiting service is getting paid for that. I'm not. I'm getting paid to coach football, but my, but I'm your biggest advocate. I do not. I think. I mean, just in my personal opinion, I think it's it's a. I do not support that use of money for that. No, okay. absolutely not. I do not. And I and I and I've, I've coached it now. This is my eighth school, and I've coached at all levels, mostly at the high at the six A public school level. Has been the majority of my career. I've had elite athletes. Not one of them has ever got a scholarship from uh, having a, a recruiting service. Not one of them. So no, but everything comes from the coach. And, and, and I hate to say this now because I'm, I, I love high school sports and I think high school sports are pure. I think that's where, it's where it needs to be. But a lot of the volleyball players, they get recruited from their club teams. Mm-hmm. Other players, soccer. they get soccer, they get recruited, recruited from their club teams. Uh, that's just the nature of that. Football, you get recruited by your high school. You get recruited by your school, yeah. by where you're playing on campus, playing for your school, and your coach is your best advocate. The recruiting services, this is how they make money. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to sell that. They're going to say, oh, I got those kids, that most of them that they are got scholarships, they were going to get scholarships anyway. Got it. Okay. All right. So next one, a little hard, a little delicate here um, to, to talk about, but I think it's important that we, we broach the subject. And you talked about it earlier. You mm-hmm. mentioned it. Talked about realistic expectations. And... You know, I can I can relate my own story to this. Um, when I was in high school, you know, I loved sports, wanted to play at the next level, and you maybe had that unrealistic thought of, oh, I can I can play at a place bigger than I my skill, ability, and just natural God given uh, physique, if you will, five ten, a buck sixty, soaking wet. You know, that's <laughs> big time. Anyway. Okay. Um, you know, don't sell yourself short, Mr. Mike. <laughs> um, how can we help as educators, as as the ones with the students working with parents, you're on the field with them? How can we help our students be realistic about maybe at the level at which they can play, so that we can help them move towards the best place for them? That's a that's a great question, and I mean, I'll try to keep it short because this is an outstanding question. I could talk for. An hour on this. Maybe it'll be an episode, next episode of Coach Starnes Raw. Yeah, but... Coach Starnes Raw yes. comes out <laughs> each week as well. Each week. Start, I'm doing it tomorrow. It's been a weird week. But, uh, okay. First and foremost, I would I will never tell a kid not to dream. If a kid wants to play at the University of Texas, that young man or woman needs to work their work as hard as they can to achieve that goal. Now... Is that goal going to be feasible for the majority of the people? Absolutely not. But that needs to be their goal. And what that the what the outcome of having that desire to is, and what the outcome of having that goal is, is that you're going to work harder than everybody else. Mm-hmm. That's great, and that will take you further in life than any that any level of playing any sport at. Right there, is that work ethic that is derived from that desire to play at that level. I want to say that, and I would never squash an athlete's dreams but what we have to get watch out for is those athletes saying i want to play at so-and-so i want to play at ohio state i want to play i'm going to go play at florida 
and then not do any of the work that requires to get there because mm-hmm. that happens a lot. We have unreal ex- expectations, but now even with those unreal, they're not putting the work in to become an exceptional athlete that you have to be to play at that level. And so an athlete that's that's working harder than everybody else, I say go for it. But there will come that time when that, that realization sets in. If they're not going to get that opportunity, hopefully they have worked they have worked hard enough and hopefully they are satisfied with where they get a chance. And here's my take on that. Speaking from football. Yes, I, I think you should want to go play at a and I think you should want to go play at TCU or Oklahoma. And I'm just using those because they're regional. That needs to be your desire. If that doesn't work out, be satisfied going to Trinity. Be satisfied going to Mayor Hard baylor because you have worked and put the work in to become a college athlete. Be satisfied with that. My brother played at Mayor Hard baylor my brother was one of the leading rushers in Houston. He played at Mary Harden Baylor, and he played with two guys on that team at Mary Harden Baylor, Division Three football, that are playing in the NFL and had long careers in the NFL. Wow. So you professional athletes come from all levels of college mm-hmm. sports, NAIA, Division Three, junior college. They come from all levels of college sports. The ones that make it are not the ones that come out as five stars. Mm-hmm. The ones that make it are the ones that come out with a chip on their shoulder, they have the work ethic, and they they work harder than everybody else. And they become better because they work harder. May, you might develop when you become a sophomore in high school. I mean, a sophomore in college. You might not have totally physically developed in high school yet. And your, your peak might be way down the road. So that's my take. My take is to have those dreams, but also be understanding that it's v- extremely difficult to go play at that level. But have those dreams because those dreams can drive you to become such a much better you physically, mentally, emotionally, everything. But then if it doesn't work out, stay strong, stay focused, and wherever you get your chance, make the most of it because you might become an elite athlete in two years and you might make professional. Just because you play Division Three doesn't mean you can't go play professional somewhere. Mm-hmm. So that's, what, that's my take on that. But... Have dreams, but always you have to have that level of realism to understand that it that it takes an elite level to get to that level, and that it's not going to work out for everybody. But don't give up when that when if you don't go play at Texas and you get to go play at SFA, or if you have to go play at Sol Ross, not knocking Sol Ross, but you know what I mean. If you get to go play, be the best player Sol Ross has ever had. That's that's my approach, and that's the way I like to approach that situation. Have goals. But also you have to have that level of realism to understand that they might not work out, but that might, that's not the end of it there. Mm-hmm. That work ethic still can open a lot of doors. Yes, absolutely. So, and there's so many that. that have gone in. And hey, I mean, I've had people say, hey, y'all haven't had a lot of kids go play college football. No, we, we've had kids that could, a lot of kids that could go play college football. But they didn't want to, they just, it wasn't their choice. That wasn't their desire to go play in mm-hmm. AIA. Or they didn't want to go to Division Two, Or they didn't want to go to... Division three, they wanted to go to go to school at Ole Miss, or they wanted mm-hmm. to go to school at K State, or they wanted to go to school at Michigan, or they wanted to go to school. Hey, that's fine. It's there if you have the desire to play and you have the work ethic, you'll have an opportunity. Yeah. Take make the most of that opportunity, then and, and be loyal to the school that granted you that opportunity. We'll talk about the transfer portal. Yeah, later. yeah that's, that's a whole we'll, different animal. This. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Coach. That was great. Yeah. I, I I loved hearing that. It's 
It is. It's about the work ethic. It's about the it, having that um, having that goal drive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just something bigger than yourself that you're willing to put your time and your effort into. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that. All of that almost goes back to, you have to have that good relationship with your coach. Mm -hmm. Cause I think if you go in into it, talking to your coach at the beginning of high school going, this is something that I hope and dream I can do. Then you can start working and making sure that you're checking all the boxes of the things that you need to be doing. If Mm -hmm. that is your goal and your dream. Beautiful. All right, let's talk about you, Coach. Uh-oh. Okay, here we go. All right, so we want to talk about your college story. Now, we talked about earlier, you're old, so you're going to have to go back to your high school years. Can you remember that far back? You know, it gets worse and worse every day. (laughs) Okay, so tell us about what Coach Starnes looked like as a high school student and athlete, and then we'll talk about your recruiting process. Absolutely. Okay. Well, in high school, I went to two high schools. I started out, I lived in North Shore. As many of y'all know, North Shore. North Shore is a huge 6A school in Houston. That's where I lived. My dad was the AD and head football coach. Hall of Honor AD head football coach at C. King High School. Storied athletic program as well. I don't even want to get into the fact that, I, why why were you going to see North Shore? Well, we lived in North Shore. My friends were in North Shore. So I played in North Shore as a freshman and played football and baseball. Basketball wasn't going to be my thing at North Shore. I could play basketball, but not not at that level. Um, but uh, I played football and baseball. Baseball was my sport growing up. But, I mean, I love football. It's my passion. It's my, you know, my dad was the AD head football coach. I grew up on the sidelines. Baseball was my sport. It's what I was best at. And I, I was a, a late developer. I started to develop about, I'd say, about sophomore year in high school is where I started to physically develop and become a lot stronger. Um I had a good sophomore year in baseball at, at North Shore, but it was time for me to move on. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, good freshman year at North Shore in baseball, and, and but it was time for me to move on. And so, midway through high school, midway through my sophomore year, I transferred to C. King, which is where I should have been the whole time. But when I transferred, I transferred in and I played my sophomore season on varsity as a baseball a varsity baseball player at the 5A level at C. King High School, and. Again, we were, we, were, we were a storied, awful program in high school at, at C.E. King. We were great at football. That's what we were known for. State ranked every year. Great at football. Baseball, not our sport. But I came in. We play, We were terrible my sophomore year. Uh, my junior year, we were bad as well. My senior year, we set the school record for wins. Nice. And so, and made the playoffs, went too deep. It, it was, it was, but we had a good group, and um, and I was a leader on that team. It was, it was a fun time. But I had a lot of success in baseball, I had a lot of success in football and, a, and again, in a state ranked program. When I came in my junior year, I played receiver again on the 5A level. It's a whole, it's a whole different level, but, um, uh, playing at that level, you know, we started out the year. I want to say we were ranked fourth in the state, um, but, uh, but it was playing with those exceptional athletes. I mean, you see, you're playing around exceptional athletes, um, but had a good high school football career. Again, wasn't, wasn't great. Played wide receiver, but, but played real well. Uh, I got, ironically, I, you know, I was one of the top hitters in Houston in baseball. I was one of the leading hitters in the area, in the Houston area. But but if, if for those who play multiple sports, you'll realize, oh, also, and I played golf in high school. I just played <laughs> golf in high school to get out of school on Mondays. Mm. And it was great because our golf team, we were not good. But I was good <laughs> enough to play on our golf team. And I practiced on Sundays, played on Mondays. Sorry to, to get sidetracked there. But, but recruiting-wise... 
baseball is what I was best at. And I, again, I was one of the top hitters in Houston, but you just, baseball recruiting doesn't really, it's, it's real weird. It's not like football recruiting. You mm-hmm. don't, it, it, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. It exists, but it's not the same, right? It's, and this was right when select ball was just starting. So you don't have select ball. You didn't have real club teams in baseball. Then you played through your high school teams and, and I didn't have the measure. I didn't have the measurables. You know, I wasn't big, uh, but, but I, I could have gone and played. I could have walked on at uh, McNeese. So I could have played Division One baseball. I could have walked on at McNeese. I had opportunities to walk on Division One, But but I ended up playing. I, I got a lot of interest from Division Three. I had a friend playing at McMurray, which had great facilities. Division Three baseball. And that's where I decided to go. But back to the high school, football recruiting was a lot different. I, got, I, had to, I, was, I was constantly talking to the coach at Rhodes College. He really wanted me to come play at Rhodes. I didn't have great counseling in high school. I didn't even know. I knew Rhodes, it was in Memphis. I had no clue what it looked like. If I would have went and visited Rhodes, and I tell Miss Mercer this all the time because she went to Rhodes. If I would have went and visited Rhodes, which <laughs> mm-hmm. I, we went to Memphis about three years ago and I saw Rhodes, I was like, oh my gosh, this place is gorgeous. I would have went here. Mm-hmm. I had no clue. I had no help in the, co- I mean, our, our counselors, and I'm not trying to, were there to counsel you. There was no college advising. Yeah. You're on your own. Yeah. Right now, my dad was the AD, and mm-hmm. but I had interest from Rhodes. I had some interest from some of the Ivies, but just not not a lot of interest for football. But I could have. I, my dad knew the coaches at Rice, so I maybe was going to have a walk on opportunity at Rice. But I had no business walking on at Rice. I, I, I'm glad I didn't go that route. But so I stuck with baseball, and it was my best sport growing up. It's what I played the most, and that's what I decided to go with. Even though I got much more recruit, I got much more interest in recruiting for playing football. But I decided to go play baseball, which is fine. And I I, I I only stayed a semester and had a good fall semester. I think I hit 300 as a as a my freshman year, the first semester in, in our winter season, our fall season. I had a good – I just – I was young. I was I, – I, y'all don't know this. I graduated when I was 17. I was too young, and my parents let me come home. I, I wish I wouldn't have come home now. But, you know, at that time, come on, I was in Abilene. It's Abilene, right? Well, sorry, that, from was Abilene. That, was that 300 batting average? What was that? One for three? Was that easy, dude? Oh, sorry. Easy. Continue, please. No, we played a lot of games. I think I hit two home runs. But anyways, but no, it was. But I, what I'm trying to say is, I had a lot of success and had good friends there. So about, there were about four of us from the Houston area that went up there. I should have stayed. I don't know why my parents let me come home, but it's my fault. I'm not blaming anybody else. It's my fault for wanting to. I, you know, I wish I was smarter. But again, I was young. I was too young. So I came back. And I was going to go, I was going to play baseball at San Jack because you know, we know the coach well. And again, I had a good high school career here. I was going to walk on at San Jack, which is very normal and great, great junior college program. Great. Had it all set up and was going to do it. I just got burned out. I got burned out of playing baseball. I played that summer and spring when I got back. I went to some camps, Diamondbacks camp, which was also a dual tryout for San Jack and the Diamondbacks camp. Uh, and that was a good experience. I just got burned out of baseball. I had played since I was three and all the time. And it, 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 I think it attributes to getting burned out in a sport. And I just got burned out and kind of just kind of stopped. And then so what I did was I knew I was going to coach. So I started focusing on that and I helped coaching football. I started then assisting with the program at Sea King, but I started playing golf and got really good at golf, really good real quickly at golf. And so about, a year and a half later, I decided, hey, I'm going to go walk on at Sam. Well, we knew the coach well at San Jack. My dad was good friends with him. So he gave me a call 
and called Coach Priest, who's now over at Legacy as the AD, and I got a preferred walk-on at Sam Houston, which was great because if you just walk on, you're not going to have a chance. But I got a preferred walk-on at Sam Houston. Well, I go the first day of school to talk to Coach Priest, and there's boxes outside of his office. I was like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? Well, he goes, Coach, I, I just took the assistant job at Texas. And so there goes my preferred walk-on. And so, you know, that didn't work out. I played, I've still played competitively after that, uh, golf. But but that's when I kind of just started focusing on how can I be the best coach. And I started young. So, I've been, I mean, I've really been doing this for 20-something years and doing it for, all, I mean, just doing it a long time. And so that's kind of, that was kind of my journey. It was an interesting journey. If I could go back and change things, I would have stuck it out at McMurray. I wish I would have stayed because if I would have stayed one more semester, I'd have finished out there and played baseball and had a good career there. I wish I would have stayed with it. And that's what I tell athletes. Stick with it. Do not come home. Stay with it. It's those, it, it's those opportunities. Stick with it and stay where you choose to go. Stay with it. He answered Very all good. the questions I was going to yeah, ask I mean, all in one. It's because he's a professional podcaster. It is. This now. is not my first radio. <laughs> it's raw. It's always it's raw. It is. It's just uncut. I don't even have notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, okay. So, I mean, okay. You talked about the recruiting. Yep. I mean, we could talk about if you had any non athletic, non negotiable factors for your colleges. Were there any things in particular you were looking for? Or you just had, since you didn't have, uh, like you said, college counselors or college advisors, you didn't really know what to look for or what you were looking for? Well, you know, I, I did not have. And see, that's what I, I wanted. That's, what, that's a good point. That's a great question. Dramatic pause. He's thinking. Uh-huh. <laughs> that that's a great question because I didn't have any guidance. So no, I didn't mm-hmm. have anything I was looking for. You're just Again, like sport, go there. Sport, exactly. Go there. Where can I go play? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I mean, I was, a, you know, back to, I mean, I was, I graduated eighth in my class. I had, I mean, I was top in my, one of the top of my class honors. I graduated honors in college. I mean, so academics just came, it, it, I hate to say that it was, I don't like to say that it was easy for me. Right. So I didn't have, I didn't like, I got to go here. I wasn't driven enough or somebody wasn't telling me you need to go here and get challenged. You mm-hmm. should have went here. I yeah. mean, I, I, it was, it was, I, mean, I just didn't have that driving force. Um, so, so no, there was not a school that I was like, I I, I want to go here. I wish I would have had more of that. Yeah. Cause I would have ended up at a Rhodes or if I decided, if I would have realized I was going to get burned out, I just would have, I would have liked to try to go to, I'm not saying I would have got in, even though I, I had great, great. I would have liked to tried to go to an A and M because I love A and M now, you know, and I love Sam Houston. I graduated Sam Houston, by the way, national champs. But, um, and I love Sam Houston. Sam Houston, the only great. license plate cover in only East one. Texas. Everybody knows who it's me because who has a national championship Sam Houston State license plate? <laughs> me. But uh, but that's it. But I wish I would have had more involvement in my college process, mm-hmm. like what we get here. And that, people ask me, I, All Saints is amazing. All Saints, the, the the experience here, the people here are outstanding. It's just an overall experience here is unparalleled. What's great, our college advising is, un, I've been to eight schools. Nothing is like our college advising here. Nothing. We'll it is the best thing. It is, y'all, no, y'all don't have to pay me. It's the best thing. I mean, there's a lot of great things here. I hate to say that, but it is unbelievable. Our college advising is unparalleled. That's what I want to say. Free coffee. Free right. coffee. I've Free already, coffee that's already, life. we already got that. This is true. But, uh, <laughs> already established that. 
But I wish there was something that was that I wish like, hey, I should have gone to or I should have been driven in a different direction. But everything works out. I'm here hanging out. Great. We're glad you're here. And I feel like part of it is just how you found your passion of teaching and coaching yes. and stuff like that. That's a good, that's a whole nother question. Yeah. You want to, uh, my, I started out teaching and, and again, I grew up, I grew up in an athletic driven environment. And so what I mean by that is when I started teaching, I didn't, I didn't teach and co- I, I taught so I could coach. Mm-hmm. I didn't coach so I could teach. You know what I mean? I didn't realize the, I didn't realize the relationship. Mm -hmm. And so that's a great question too. The point I'm trying to convey here, as confusing as that just sounded, (laughs) is I didn't understand the symbiotic relationship between teaching and coaching. I got in because I loved coaching and I wanted to coach football. And I thought teaching was something I had to do to coach football. And so it took me about two and a half years to realize the importance of it. And so after about three years of teaching, and again, I was young. I started teaching when I was 20. Way too young. I realized that great coaches are great teachers and great teachers are great coaches. And they're the same thing. And so it took me three years. My first three years, I was not a good teacher at all. And it was because, it wasn't because, I mean, I made great grades in college. I graduated with honors. It wasn't a knowledge thing. It was a desire thing and, and realizing the importance of it thing. And so, and I was just young. And so... Let's see, three years in, I became, I learned the importance of what it is to be a great teacher. And my career turned there. I started to try to become the best teacher I could. And that's where I think my teaching career, career came, took off is because they, my performance in the classroom was really good or exceptional compared to just to be honest, a lot of other coaches, not all coaches, there's some great coaches that are great teachers. And the ones that I know, the best coaches that I've come across are great teachers. And that's what took me a while to realize. I no one had ever really told me that. I mean, mm-hmm. somebody's always said, hey, you know, it's important to do good in the classroom. That was it. They didn't tell me why, right? And so I realized that, and that's where my career took off, just because, not because I did such a good job in the classroom, but just because... I saw how important it was to do a good job in the classroom and that if I'm going to be a great coach, I got to be a great teacher first. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where my career take off. They, they talk about that. You know, when I took my pedagogy classes and everything in Sam at Sam, they do, they talk about methods and, but no, they, they need someone to sit there and tell you about how it is and how to deal with these situations are going to come up. They need someone to sit down and talk with you and have like a Q and a about here's what's going to happen when you start teaching Here's how you can get back, not past that, but here's how you can overcome these things and become the best teacher. Because those first five years, I know they say for most teachers is, is it. Usually if you make it past the five years, you're going to make it. You're a lifer. You're a lifer, exactly. But if you don't, a lot of them don't make it past those first five years. And it's because I think a lot of them are unprepared. And, and not that they haven't done what they're supposed to. It's just, it's hard to prepare for. Mm-hmm. But beca- again, becoming a great teacher is what trans- transformed my career. Awesome. Little Very fun, good. little fun fact for everybody. You never know. No, it's, That's what I'm saying. It's raw. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> it's just raw. You never know. You never know. So speaking of, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. We always like to end with words of wisdom. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> oh, me first. You. Oh, Me first? Go. No. Please. Absolutely. 
Are you sure? Uh, please. All right. All right. Now that you've gone through the process and you're now starting to really see a lot of students go through the process, what piece of advice would you give them today? For, for students here at All Saints, I'd say lean hard, lean heavy on our college advising office. They are your best advocate. If you're wanting to play sports, use both tools. Use our college advising compared with your coach. Because that's what that's what people that's what people don't realize we have here. That is a huge resource for students who desire to play sports, whatever it is at the next level. You have both groups working for you here. Where outside of here, you don't. Mm -hmm. Take every opportunity, take every resource at your disposal, and work hard. Work hard in the classroom because a lot of athletes overlook that. They overlook, yes, I work hard. I'm in the weight room two times a day. I'm doing my skill work. I'm doing the best I can to get to, to become the best baseball player, football player, volleyball player, basketball player, whatever it is. But you have to take care of your business in the classroom. Just like I realized that to become the best coach I could be, I had to be a great teacher. Same thing. If you want to be successful at the next level, you have to be successful in the classroom first. Great advice. That's great advice, and I think everything you said there just covers all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. We were gonna—I had a couple other questions, but you pretty much nailed it. And honestly, I'll go back to the advice you gave earlier. I think your work ethic needs to match your expectations. Mm -hmm. Well yes. said, perfect. and it's so a perfect way to put it. I, I mean, I think that's that's what I'm taking today mm -hmm. from from what you said, mm -hmm. and and you know, I I've, I've heard that before, but you've said it before. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want. If you want it to be at, at this level, well, then you've got to work at it. And if you come up a little bit short, well, then that's still okay. But yeah. your your work ethic still has to to match those your yeah. your own expectations. Exactly. My my motto on that: Hey, if you're telling me you want to do this, I shouldn't have to hunt you down to to make you come to the weight room. Hmm. Truth. Always truth from Coach Star. Because so. mm -hmm. it's raw. It's raw and uncut. <laughs> You need a shirt that just says raw. Just, just We need to get... Don't we have a fab lab or something here that can do that? Probably. I'm Probably. Sure get, Some vinyl do. cuts. Yeah, sure. There you go. Put it on a shirt. Mm -hmm. Done. Talk that's, to the... Talk to the that's maybe we need. Maybe need some podca podcast merch in the armory. That, okay, that's where I was going. We need to do that. We have this beautiful, beautiful new school store down here. We need that. That's what we need. Podcast we need merch. podcast merchandise. So we need, it's kind of like, you know, when you go to like, I was at, where was that? JC Penney's, you know, they have all the old throwback shirts. Goes, they have pause. Who goes to JC Penney's? <laughs> Me. Are you so, going JC? Are you it going was in JC Penney's. Yeah. Okay. We can't throw down. That's a millennial Sorry. comment. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so we're, we're in, but you know how they have like the star Wars shirts, all these trendy throwback shirts. That's what we need in here. We need like Coach Stone for all shirts. We need College Advising 101 shirts. Stuff like that. He doesn't even know the name of our podcast. I don't. It's fine. It's College Advising Rocks. That's what it should have been. <laughs> rocks. You're really showing your age there with Coach Advising Rocks. See, that's what that's what see, that's how I came up with Coach Stone's Raw. It was just it was just happened. It just clicked. <laughs> so I guess we should talk about Coach Starnes has a podcast every Friday. Come out no, every Friday. Mine mine comes out typically every Tuesday, but Tuesday. I had, I was out of town yesterday. Okay. So mine will now be released. Thursday, You're tomorrow. You're competing with us now? It's just, just a one-week kind of situation. I don't compete with anybody. Okay. Yeah. We don't give we don't give college sports advice. Okay, yeah. That's right. Exactly. Review games, so. Exactly. Well, this week, I think I'm going to talk about tempo offense and, and the downfalls of the running tempo offense all the time. 
I always have to talk about the NFL and how great Belichick is. And let's see, what else am I going to talk about? Talk about I haven't, how I haven't, the sad Aggie loss this week. I'm going to. I I always touch on the Aggies, it. but right, I'm so upset. I don't even think I'm going to mention it. <laughs> how was it watching it at the symphony this weekend? I'll edit that out. Never mind. Anyways, any other questions? So, we how have about for those uh, Cowboys? <laughs> anyway, oh, man, goodness. I think you've answered literally all the questions. Yeah, we didn't have to have. ask. I mean, we, yeah. we just. Y'all should have just gave me a prompt. I mean, that's. <laughs> <laughs> College athletes, go. Here's your prompt. Oh, my God. Done. Goodness. I could, again, I think we, I don't, I'm, look, I'm looking over here. And, oh, yep, we're at 48 minutes and running. We'll, Is that like record? We'll, we'll come up with another topic. And this, and next time when you, we have you back, we will. We're just going to put it on the wall. Yeah. And Prompt. put a timer on you. Isn't there a Go. game like that? Like, it's not like Mad Libs or something. Not like Mad Libs, but like you put like, it's like, like, pick, not Pictionary, but you know, like there's some like 1980s, 1990s, you know, TV show game where they just throw it on the wall and you got to start saying everything you know about that topic, right? Pyramid? That's good too. Yeah. Like, like, but I'll be better than Joey Triviani. Okay. I'll See? do better than Joey did. <sighs> he knew where I was maybe going. Maybe that's, maybe that's actually what should happen is I can be the moderator between you two talking about friends. Come up with a topic and see if we can relate it back to an episode of. We could do it's, that's no that's a no brainer. I think I've seen every episode ten times. I think I have as well, mm-hmm. to be very honest. And we all know where I stand on this. Yes, so. yeah, correct. yeah, yeah. Seinfeld, blah, 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 blah. yeah, whatever. Okay, that's well, a Gen X thing. Okay, <laughs> says the Gen Xer. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a hybrid. He's a hybrid. I'm on the border. He's a he's an old millennial and a young Gen Xer. <laughs> That's it. Apparently, that's what we have established <laughs> today. Yes. Absolutely. Hi, Brim. All right. Well, thanks for coming and being on our podcast. I appreciate thanks, y'all. Coach. Thank y'all so much. We appreciate you. It was a little last minute, but we made it work because we knew you could do it. That's what I'm talking. Say that's what I'm saying. Just a prompt. Just a prompt because he's raw all the time. Raw. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, be sure to listen to Coach Starnes raw every week on Tuesdays, maybe Thursdays. Um, but be sure to subscribe to our channel, My College Story Podcast. That's the name of our podcast, Drew. Yeah, I got it. I okay. still think my college advising rocks is better. <laughs> it would make a much better T-shirt. Okay, we'll we'll work on it. Sleeveless. Um, sleeveless. No doubt. No, With no the hood. it has sleeves, but you cut off the sleeves yourselves. Self 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 extraction of sleeves, right? With the hood, yes. With the hood, or Either you can works. be like Drew with the hoodie and cut the sleeves off the hoodie, and all the kids are like, "Where'd you buy that?" And he's like, I "Made it. I made it." Yep, they need to sell those <laughs> in the store too. Oh my gosh. Okay. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ASUS College. And thanks for listening to another enlightening episode of My College Story Podcast. It went so off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> oh my jeez. Oh we can gosh. do that all day. Just any <laughs> random topics. Oh man. How do you like that, Mr. Hoffman? <laughs>